Broadcasting from the Cradle of Liberty in Philadelphia. All the way to the rhythm and blues of Beale Street in Memphis. To high atop the Wasatch Mountains in Utah. This is where politically correct perception meets common sense. This is the Joe Carey Show. Welcome uh, to the Joe Carey Show here on uh, KTalk 1640 AM. Thank you for uh, tuning in and listening. It is uh, Monday, a very busy uh, start to the news week at East Java. Brian, have you ever heard of, is that East Java? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, is it a country? East Java. Yeah, yeah, so... There was an article in the, uh, the, 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 the papers that I review for the show, and one of these articles said that in East Java, if you refuse to wear a COVID mask, if you refuse to wear a mask uh, to help in the fight against COVID, your punishment is you have to help bury people who die from COVID. And apparently there's a lot of people dying in East Java from COVID. And I read that article and I said, you know what? I bet there's a lot of people who are applauding. And this is why I needed to know whether it was a country or a state because I was applauding the country of East Java. Because I bet you they're, they're, they're happy, right? Because we're going to shame the people who don't want to wear masks. And what better way to do that than have them bury the people who died from COVID? But there is a bigger narrative. There is a bigger story here. And that story is that any time the government has to resort to any type of external pressure, right? Whether it's, you know, here they're trying to shame you, right? Really, that's what it's about, right? Oh, you won't wear a mask? Then we're going to make you bury the dead. Now, our government, we don't. We're not there yet, but we, we do impose penalties, right? The government tries to generate this, this sense of shame if you don't wear a mask. And it got me thinking, remember during the uh, Great Depression, there was the Blue Eagle, right? And uh, those uh, old enough to, to have lived through it or to know history know that the Blue Eagle was a government program. And, and that symbolized that you as a business, you as a business owner, you were on board with the government, right? Because the government was pushing through p- price controls. The government was pushing through thousands of pages of regulation during the Great Depression. As a matter of fact, the case that eventually overturned all the regulations that government was passing, there were four Jewish brothers and they were selling chicken. They were selling poultry in New York City. I think it was Brooklyn. And the government went so far to say, look, when you, when a customer comes in to buy a chicken, you have to reach in and grab a chicken and give whatever chicken you pull out to that customer. Now, right now you're thinking, well, why would the government want to regulate that? Like, why would the government tell a business owner, you reach in, grab the chicken, that's the one you had to sell to the customer. And the theory was that businesses would favor certain customers, right? And they would give them the better chicken. So this way, you come in, whatever chicken you pull out, that's the one you give to the customers. Well, these four brothers, they were Jewish. And the kosher rules at the time said, look, in order to be classified as a kosher chicken... The chicken had to meet certain qualifications, and if it didn't meet those qualifications, it couldn't be kosher. So they had to pre-select the chickens in order for the chicken to be considered kosher. The government came in, started fining them. I, I believe it shut down their business for a period of time. And these four Jewish brothers said, this isn't right. This isn't America. This isn't the United States. This isn't permitted under the Constitution. And they took their case to the United States Supreme Court. Now, eventually along the way, they lost their business. I believe it went bankrupt. 
But because those four brothers would not back down, the Supreme Court heard their case, and that was the case that was uh, that struck down the infrastructure system that FDR put in place that you know codified just tens of thousands of pages of regulation. But the point is that every time government tries to get its way, either by public shaming you or by imposing penalties and fines like it did on the Schechter brothers, whenever it can't convince you to do something through long-suffering, through patience, through PR campaigns, whenever it has to bring out the hammer, and sometimes it, bring, you know, it brings out the velvet hammer, you know, it's a metal hammer, but, you know, they wrap it in velvet so it doesn't look as threatening and maybe it doesn't hurt as bad the first couple times they whack you with it. Or whether they bring out the heavy sledgehammer. But every time government has to use its powers of force to get you to do something, government has failed. Sometimes it fails in a big way. Right, so when, when I look at the rioters and the anarchists and, and the buildings burning, I look at that, you don't excuse it, you don't condone it, but it also represents a massive failure by government. Because government now has to go out there and use its brute force to say, this has to stop. Or in some cases, government's compounding its, its errors by not stopping it. So these folks in East Java, when they say, you know what, we're going to have the living bury the dead if they don't wear a mask, that's not a win. What government is basically admitting, and that's the same thing here, when we say we're going to impose a penalty or a fine if you don't wear a mask, government's basically admitting that, hey, we haven't done our job. We haven't used our massive powers of a persuasion of public relations. Some people would call it propaganda. We haven't convinced people to side with us. And because we haven't been successful in that, we're going to get nasty and we're going to get tough and we're going to force them to do these things. Because there's only two ways government can get you to do something. They either can ask you and they try to educate you and they help try to persuade you to make that decision or a shove or a push becomes, you know, a little bit, I guess it's, what's the progression? A nudge becomes a shove, a shove becomes a push, and a push becomes, you know, brute force, the barrel of a gun. Because Americans aren't stupid. If Americans were convinced, and, and this is, I think this is where Dr. Fauci really laid his cards out in the wrong way. You know, because he came out, he blamed the American people. Oh, Americans, they won't get vaccinated because there's too many anti-vaxxers. Well, why don't you think, why do you think there are people who don't trust the vaccination program? Do you think it's because Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have come out and said, we won't trust any vaccine that comes out during the Trump administration? Because what they're really saying is this. We think politics can influence the creation of a vaccine. That's really what they're saying. And then they want to know why people won't line up to get a vaccine. After you have, you know, the former vice president and a sitting U.S. senator come out and say politics can influence the creation of a vaccine. You have Dr. Fauci saying everybody wear a mask. He goes to a baseball game, and he's sitting there not wearing the mask. Well, Joe, that's not fair. He says he was eating. Yeah, well, that hot dog must have been digesting for a couple hours. And it doesn't explain why he wasn't social distancing. You have the mayor of Philadelphia. Restaurants are still closed in Philadelphia. People in Utah are like, what? They're still closed. You can't eat indoors in Philadelphia. Do you know what the mayor did? He was on a trip to Baltimore— Excuse me, it was a trip to Maryland. 
and somebody films him eating in a restaurant in Maryland. And I, I won't even, how, how do you have this discussion without talking about Nancy Pelosi and the hair salons? And then people want to know, why won't people wear masks? Why do people demand these businesses open? Because the hypocrisy of the elected class demands it. Because Americans aren't stupid and they see we are being told one thing while the political elites do something else. We're listening to The Joe Carey Show. We'll be back right after this break. Balance of nature, changing the world one life at a time. I've had a lot of really great days back to back, which has been a huge blessing. Even my doctor told me, because uh, they asked me to bring everything in that I take on a daily basis. He was very encouraged by seeing what I was taking. And he, he said he didn't care how many I had. You know, he said it's food. And the form that at the end was something that he was very, because uh, he's an avid learner and he's always researching and uh, he's, he's always excited to see new things. And he told me this would be good. This will help you immensely with the nutrition that you need. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751 or by going to balanceofnature.com. And make sure to receive this special radio offer by using discount code USA. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. Wade Alaroot for Cornerstone Asset Metals. In the last six months, trillions of dollars have been printed out of thin air, drastically diluting your buying power and future standard of living. Today, you have only one choice. Protect and preserve your future savings and standard of living. Protect your retirement. Protect your children's future. How do you do that? With precious metals. Back in 1970, a paper dollar and a silver dollar were equal in value. Today, your paper dollar buys less than half a gallon of gas, while a silver dollar buys over 10 gallons. More proof positive that gold and silver protect your wealth and future buying power. Take advantage today. Roll over a portion of your IRA or 401k into a precious metals IRA. Only for Wayne Alaroot listeners, Cornerstone will waive all transfer costs up to a $1,000 value. So you'll open a precious metals retirement account for no cost. No one else in America is offering this deal. Don't delay. Protect your wealth now. To register for more information, call 888-8-GOLD-NOW. 888-8-GOLD-NOW. Or go to cornerstoneassetmetals.com. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Care Show. I've got to, I'm going to share something with it that you probably, well, this audience you probably have heard, but it's only because you really follow the news, right? And, and you search it out for yourself because we know that Donald Trump was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, really, that's phenomenal. I mean, the, the, the value of the Nobel Peace Prize kind of diminished when Obama got one for doing absolutely nothing. I think he basically admitted that as well. But it's still a, a prestigious honor. You know, the, the people who get them, the people who are nominated, it's still a big deal, relatively speaking. So, well, 
President Trump is nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize for the peace deal he has brokered with Israel and uh, uh, the Arab countries that are now recognizing Israel. I think it's up to three. I think three Arab countries have now recognized Israel as a country, like basically saying, yes, you have a right to exist, which is a big deal considering that for the longest time they said you don't have the right to exist. That's more than just semantics, right? Because now they can do business with each other. They're opening up trade routes. They're opening up flights between these countries directly. It's going to make a meaningful difference to the peoples, not only in each of the countries that, that, that recognize each other or that recognize Israel, but also for the rest of the world because it increases peace. Because the theory is, look, the more ties that we have between countries, the more understanding we have with each other. The more difficult it becomes to look at someone as your enemy when you're buying and selling goods to each other. That's kind of the philosophy of the ties that bind. You know what Nancy Pelosi's reaction to uh, Donald Trump being nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize was? She called it a distraction. Oh, it's just a distraction. And she said, like, he basically stumbled into it by... No, that was Joe Biden. He basically got it. He stumbled into it by accident. He created peace by accident. American presidents have been trying to bring peace to Israel ever since it was created. And this is where politics has gotten. That we can't even say, you know what? Three countries have recognized Israel because of Donald Trump's efforts. So Nancy Pelosi calls it a distraction. Joe Biden says that ah, was by accident. Well, then something amazing happened. Absolutely amazing. Donald Trump was nominated for a second Nobel Peace Prize. The left, they're melting down. So the Atlantic magazine, now the, the Atlantic has been in the news, and I'm kind of partial to the Atlantic. I, I like its articles. I think they're well, not all of them, but there are uh, writers for the Atlantic that I follow that I enjoy their work. The Atlantic's the one that came out and, you know, with the story that, hey, we have uh, two unnamed sources who said uh, Trump was dissing wounded soldiers. Turns out the story was fake news. Trump didn't want to visit the cemetery where Americans were buried because he said they were losers and his hair would get wet. Debunked. Fake news. The Atlantic was the organization that published that story. The Atlantic has now come out and they have called for the Nobel Peace Prize to be canceled. Why? Because Trump was nominated for it, not once, but twice. Can you imagine that? It's not that Trump won. Now, Trump's not even allowed to participate. You want to talk about the cancel culture? You don't even get to play. You don't even get to participate if we don't like you. And believe me, that's the standard. When all truth is subjective, the standard is whatever they consider true, that's the standard you're going to be held against. Well, it's not true, but in their minds. And I, I won't even give them that much credit because I don't think they all believe it. But they pretend that they do. They act as if they do because they know the retribution that will follow them If they speak freely, if, if they really share what they believe. So Trump has been nominated not for one, but two Nobel Peace Prizes. So I'm going to read this article it's from BizPack Review. 
It starts out by saying it's over for the Nobel Peace Prize. After a 119-year run, the Nobel Peace Prize faces cancellation from some members of the left now that, Donald Pres- now that President Donald Trump has been nominated for it not once but twice. On Wednesday, Christian – oh, man, these names. Oh. Now, how would you pronounce this? There is a Y, a G, a J, and two Ds in the last name. Exactly. Can we just say Christian? On Wednesday, Christian, a member of the Norwegian Parliament for the Populist Progress Party, nominated Trump for the prize, the Nobel Peace Prize, because of the historic peace deal between Israel and the UAE that his administration has reached. He said, Trump has broken a 39-year-old streak of American presidents either starting a war or bringing the United States into an international armed conflict. For this, I think he has done more trying to create peace between nations than most other Peace Prize nominees. Wow, this guy didn't get the memo. He goes on and says, I'm not a big Trump supporter. But the committee should look at the facts and judge him on the facts, not on the way he behaves sometimes. The people who have received the Peace Prize in recent years have done much less than Donald Trump. Now, that should be enough, right? He comes and he says something like that. You know the left is going to try to cancel him. Listen to the next sentence. So he says... The people who have received the Peace Prize in recent years have done much less than Donald Trump. For example, Barack Obama did nothing. Brian, I don't think this guy, like, he's not on the email chain, right? Like, he's got to get with it. So he's praising the president for bringing peace, and he's saying Barack Obama did nothing. Two days later, Swedish politician... Magnus uh, Jacobson said that he's nominating uh, the Trump administration as a whole for the prize because of the uh, administration's successful efforts promoting peace abroad. He says, I have nominated the U.S. government and the governments of Kosovo and Serbia for the Nobel Peace Prize for their joint work for peace and economic development through cooperation and through the cooperation agreement signed in the White House. And what is the response of Nancy Pelosi? It's a distraction. What is the response of Joe Biden? Oh, he stumbled into peace by accident. This is what happens when people think they get to decide their own truth. When they stop looking at reality and everything becomes agenda-driven, when we can't celebrate peace, when did we become those people? We're not. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. We'll be back right after this commercial break. Radio News with Chris Barnes. At least 35 people are dead and millions of acres burned in wildfires across the West. The majority of deaths in California. President Trump will be in California today to get a first-hand look at the devastation. Meanwhile, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti says the Trump administration isn't doing enough to help the state. Leadership at the very top 
needs to be earlier, stronger. And from the president, I wish that we would get as much attention, not based on an electoral map, but just purely on being Americans. He was speaking on CNN's State of the Union. Tropical Storm Sally churning towards the northern Gulf Coast. It's expected to gain strength before making landfall late tonight or early tomorrow as a Category 1 or 2 hurricane. Mandatory evacuations in place for parts of southern Mississippi. The governor there has told residents the time to get out is now. And this is USA Radio News. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. At the American Veterinary Medical Association Annual Convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections and animals. There's more valuable information at avma.org. Pfizer's chief executive officer is taking an optimistic tone regarding whether a coronavirus vaccine will be effective by the end of the year. He thinks it can be even sooner. I don't know if they have to wait until 2021 because, as I said, our uh, studies, uh, we have a good chance that uh, we will know if the product works by the end of October. And then, of course, it is regulators' uh, job to issue license or not. Albert Borla speaking there on CBS's Face the Nation. Vice President Mike Pence is bringing the Trump administration's law and order message to Janesville, Wisconsin. Four more years means more support for our police. Vice President telling supporters the administration will always support law enforcement and won't ever defund the police. Pence also saying Democratic nominee Joe Biden would be bad for law and order. The truth is Joe Biden would double down on all the policies that have led to violence in America's cities. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. 801-331-8113. Look, I'm going to do my part for beast. Donald Trump has now been nominated for two Nobel Peace Prizes. And he's doing, he is working hard to bring peace to the world. I want to do my part. And I think the best thing I can do is to bring the mask and non-mask wearing people together. And I think that may get me nominated. I mean, that's, that's a source of huge co- – we have families now. This, if, if you're in a family where you have some mask wearers and some non-mask wearers, 801-331-8113. I go out to – I have my kids in the car. We're going out to eat. And I'm like, we. this is Philadelphia, so everything is still locked down. You, if you get your food, you've got to go through the drive-thru, then you've got to come to your car, you've got to eat it in the car, take it home. And I, I say to the kids, where do you want to go? And we, they decide, I forget what it was, Chick-fil-A or whatever it was, and my son won't go in the store. And I'm like, oh, why, why won't he? It doesn't, right? You know, you know, sometimes, you know, teenagers, they just don't want to go. I was like, okay. Well, by the third place we went to, I realized that he doesn't want to go in because he doesn't want to put a mask on. And it's not because he doesn't want to wear the mask. He's looking at it and saying, the mask is ineffective. Like, I'm not sick. I'm not in an at-age risk group. I don't have comorbidities. His position is, I should be able to make this decision for myself, whether I wear a mask or not. And I look at it and say, look, if the store, they want me to wear a mask, it's their store. I'm happy to do it. Happy to do it. Not worth fighting over. It's not worth, you know, being a Karen. What's, what's the male equivalent, Brian? Ken? Oh, Kyle. I keep, I say Ken. Yeah, being a Kyle, it's not, it's not worth, to me. That's my decision. We have a business up here in Ogden. And I have to tell you, it, we have a non-mask policy. Well, I shouldn't say that. 
I mean, the people that work here, if they want to wear a mask, they can. If, if they don't, they don't have to. But when any time we have a customer come up or a client visit, we always say, you know, if you would feel more comfortable with us, we're happy to put them on. Do you know almost universally the people walking up the stairs, if they're wearing a mask, as soon as they find out that they're not required to wear it, do you know what they do? They take off the mask and, you know, utter a small piece of profanity because this is Ogden. And then they're like, thank goodness. That's generally the reaction. We have volunteers uh, for our nonprofit. And, you know, they're volunteers and, and they're older, I would say 60s, you know, some in their 70s. And I, I went to them and said, look, are you, you know, they both showed up wearing masks on two different days, these two particular volunteers. And I said, oh, I see you're wearing a mask. Let me, I'm going to go and I started to put my mask on and they're like, oh, wait, wait, we don't have to wear masks here. I said, no, and like, oh, thank goodness. Shouldn't people have the right to decide whether or not to wear a mask? Or do we take the position the science is settled? Because I'm because if masks work the magic that we're being told they work, why do the infections continue to climb in states that mandate mask wearing? And this goes back to the first segment, which is when the government is unsuccessful in persuading you to do something. And believe me, I'm pretty persuadable. You come out and say, hey, Joe, you don't wear a mask. These bad things are going to happen. You believe me, everybody's going to mask up, not just me, but people across the board. But when you come out as the U.S. government at the beginning of the pandemic and they're telling people what? You don't have to wear a mask. You sure? Nope. Masks don't help. Remember, that was the U.S. government. That was the Surgeon General of the United States government telling us, we the people, masks don't help. Now, we know why they were telling us that, right? I don't think it's because they believed masks don't help. There are certain situations where I think masks are absolutely essential. If you're sick, if you're an at-risk group, it makes a lot of sense. But the government knew it didn't have enough protective gear. It knew it didn't have enough masks. And if every one of us went out and started buying them, there wouldn't be enough to go around. So they get behind the microphone and say, hey, you don't got to wear it. It doesn't make a difference. Now that there's plenty of protective gear, well, now it makes sense to wear a mask. But then you see people like Dr. Fauci at a baseball game, and he's not wearing a mask. You see politicians on the campaign trail who are pro-mask, not wearing a mask when they're speaking with groups, not social distancing. And then you have to ask, why does it make sense for you to get behind a lectern in Congress, have a mask on in an empty room, saying that you believe in wearing masks, but then when you go home and you're campaigning, all of a sudden you don't need a mask? And then I think the deal breaker for a lot of Americans, when the protest started, and not one member of the health community, Dr. Fauci on down, could come out and condemn that behavior, right? Because Fauci was under oath. He was even being asked about it, I think, by uh, Jim Jordan. Dr. Fauci, is that a good thing that's happening, that we have all these rioters and anarchists and they're not wearing masks, they're not social distancing? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Fauci refused to answer it, saying, I'm not going to get drug into politics 
And Jordan said, leave the politics aside. Forget the politics from a health perspective. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Fauci refused to answer. And I think that's why a lot of Americans right then and there said, you know what? Maybe this isn't about the science. Maybe it's not about the health. Maybe this really is about politics. We talked about that study last week that was published in that uh, left-leaning website in Germany. You know, 450,000 people attend Sturgis and half of them got infected with coronavirus. But there's no concern over all the protests that have been happening for the last hundred days. But I am curious, are you in a household where there is a mask wearer and a non-mask wearer? Like, are you in a household that it's almost as bad as, you know, uh, the husband's voting for Trump, the wife is voting for Clinton, and they just agree to disagree? Is that because, you know, here in Utah, the uh, the directive is, you know, hey, churches, it's let's start opening up. Let's start going back. And but, Brian, I think the policy is still in place, right, that the advisory is you should wear a mask. It's not mandatory, but the advisory is, hey, you, you know, you should wear a mask if you're going to church. And there's people who just say, I'm not going to wear it. Like, it's just advice. And I choose not to follow that advice. What are you going to do? 801-331-8113. You're going back to church. Are you going to wear a mask? Not wear a mask. Is... A, a, a member of your family going to mask up? It's my impression, Brian, and I could be wrong on this, but it's my impression just from people I talk to, it seems like there are more men that are refusing to wear the mask than women. Is that you? Because you've attended all the Utah Business Revival events. Is that a fair impression or you think, no, it's, it's about the same? What's your sense? I see it pretty evenly split. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like, yeah, I could see that. I, I could see that. 801-331-8113. Do you wear a mask when the advice is, you know, we, we'd like it if you did, but it's okay if you don't. Do you mask up? Is there a member of your family on the opposite side of the position that you're on? Would like to hear from you. 801-331-8113. We'll be taking calls right after this break. Uh, You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Have you been putting off opening your retirement account statements because you're afraid of what you might see? If you were caught in the recent correction, you know that watching your savings evaporate in the market is devastating. We're the Retirement Income Store, and our message is clear. It's time to stop crossing your fingers and toes, hoping for growth. There is another more conservative way to plan for income without all the risk, using interest and dividends. Call 888-888-4176 now to learn how the Retirement Income Store can help during these uncertain times. 888-888-4176. We'll send you our Retirement Income Kit with five educational tools, including David Scranton's best-selling book, 888-888-4176. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Call 888-888-4176 now. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty HealthShare today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now 
and you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Hey, welcome back to the Joe Carey Show. As promised, I am going to unveil my my peace plan to bring the mask and non-mask wearers together. I uh, have the, the perfect plan uh, for church attendance. Because, look, church has to be a place for harmony. Right? It's got to be a place where... People come together, you're at peace, and you know, if, if one spouse is wearing the the mask and the other one isn't, it must have been like Nazi Germany where, you know, the, the husband's wearing the Nazi swats that got armband and the wife's like, that's odd, you shouldn't do that. We want to avoid that, right? We, we want to bring people together. So I, I, have the, I have the solution, but we're going to go to Tom and Bountiful first. Uh, Tom, go ahead, sir. You're on the air. Here? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Hey, Tom. Oh, I didn't hear that noise usually when you switch in. Anyway, uh, I have figured out that we do have a very serious pandemic. It's called ignorance. There's a comorbidity also of uh, brainwashing and then a, a third morbidity, and that is medical malpractice. Fourth would be, uh, oh, yeah, political tyranny. Oh, my word. I think I've got it figured out. So we're going to come out with a vaccine against ignorance and, and a lot. Does that sound good? You know, I, I would love that vaccine. I think the sooner the better. Are you working on it? Yeah, I haven't found enough bats to put into the cauldron, though. <laughs> Tom, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Look, I... I I see it on Facebook all the time. People are so passionate about this issue. People are so, and rightfully so. It's your health. It's the health of your family. It's the health of your children. My grandmother is 100 years old. I mean, outside of building a plastic bubble for her, I mean, she stays in the house and, you know, we'll take her out on uh, drives. She'll go out like on morning walks. But yeah, she takes it very seriously. Well, she doesn't. She's at the point where she's like, you know, screw it. I want to go out. You know, we're like, Grandma, no, you can't do it. You got to. I want to go out. There's real world consequences. And I think that's why people are so passionate about it. But this is my solution, Brian, at least for church, at least for church. Because there's no formal policy. I think that, you know, because right now they're rotating the, 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 the church service. So one week, you know, you go in. The next week, you know, a different group goes in. The, the next week you go back in. The following week a different group goes in. And that way there's more space, right? You can social distance uh, within, the, uh, within the building. Brian, what about this? What if instead of rotating it by family, we started rotating it by uh, mask wearers? and non-mask wearers. 
So your Sunday, if you believe in wearing a mask, that's your time to go to church. And that way you're with people that all wear masks. You're happy. There's no contention. And then the next Sunday, it's the group of people who don't wear masks. And then the great thing about this is, you know, we don't have to hide. Like, you know, I'm going to put the mask on, then I'm going to take it off. You can wear it proudly. And if you're a non-mask wearer, you can do that proudly. And then the other group who's not in the chapel at that time, they can stand outside and make fun of you, regardless of what side of the issue you're on. Now, there is one drawback. And that drawback, of course, is you may have some members of your family going to church on a masked Sunday and some going to church on a non-masked Sunday. But I look at that, I think that's okay because in the old days, we were all going to church every Sunday anyway. So that's really not a big inconvenience. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, Joe, you know, but the purpose of church is, you know, to bring people together, especially the family. And, you know, if, if the misses and some of the kids are wearing masks under your plan, they're going to go to church on one Sunday and, you know, the husband and some of the other kids they may be going to church on a different Sunday. But see, that's the brilliance of this plan. See, because while you're sitting there without your spouse and without some of your kids, it's at that crucial time. The hope is that you begin to realize is all this fighting over the mask worth it? Like, wouldn't it just be better if we were sitting here together and we showed just a little bit more kindness and understanding to each other? Brian, what do you think? <laughs> exactly. But I'm telling you, you know, we make such instant judgments, right? Have you ever seen somebody driving down the road? They're in the car by themselves and they're wearing a mask. We've all seen, right, on I-15 or you pick your place and you see, and, and if you're a non-mask wearer, what is the first thought that crosses your mind? Seriously. Idiot, loser, brainwashed, ignorant. Take your pick, right? Isn't that generally what crosses your mind if you're a non-mask wearer and you see somebody sitting by themselves in a car? And the mask wearers, if they see you walking into a store without a mask... They're making a nasty judgment call against you. Troublemaker, ignorant, they're saying the same things. What we really need is just to stop looking at each other like the enemy and realize that, you know what? We're in this together. I would say who knows what precondition they have or what comorbidity they have or, or why they're doing what they're doing. But we live in a world of instant news, right? The news cycle is going to be over in 24 hours. We are talking about something completely different than what we started the day with. That's complete. We've never operated that way as a country. So if there's a new issue that pops up, we've all got it. We've got 24 hours to jump on our Facebook feed and let the people know this is where I stand on this issue. And we make these instantaneous judgment calls on these issues. Do you know what's happening now? We're making those same instantaneous judgment calls on people. And sometimes it's difficult for us to look past the veneer. 
You know, for a while, the response to any situation that you couldn't explain in one sentence, well, it's complicated, right? This issue is complicated. Well, I've got news for you. People are complicated, every one of us. And we're juggling and we're balancing and and it's difficult to take a step back and say, you know what? They're wearing a mask. They're not wearing a mask. It doesn't define who they are. I, I'm just, I, I read every day, you know, get ready for the show. And they're just stories from just pouring in from all over. Non-mask wearers attack a mask wearer with a shovel. In East Java, you don't wear a mask. You got to bury the people who died because of COVID. Oh, so we just don't, we don't discuss anything anymore. We don't try to work things out. We just punish, berate, and shame each other. That's the solution. But I take this back to the government and the government's failure. Because people are smart and people want to do the right thing. We want to do the right thing. I believe that. I believe the vast majority of Americans, I don't care what party, I don't care what race, they want to do the right thing. And because of government's mixed messaging on many of these health issues, and because you have politicians that want to be hypocrites, that will stand and tell you, this salon has to close because it could kill people. No, no, I can go there. I can get my hair done. It's not going to kill me or the people I know, but you can't go. When California closes private gymnasiums but allows public gyms to remain open for government workers, people don't understand. Worse, they feel... They're being betrayed. You're listening to The Joe Carey Show. Remember, take the time, get right with God, be kind. Stay tuned. Brian Hyde, up next.